A greenhouse is a controlled environment that makes it conducive for plants to grow that otherwise would not survive if left outside. The local church community is in many ways God's greenhouse. Discover what it takes to create a greenhouse where people are developed, celebrated and encouraged into their life's calling and into supernatural living. All right. We're going to spend some time in God's word together and uh, then we'll take some time to pray and uh, minister uh, as the Lord uh, leads us. This morning I want to just uh, share a very very simple message, nothing big, nothing complicated. I just want to talk to us about God's green house. Greenhouse is one, but it's a God's greenhouse. Now, many of us are familiar with the concept of the greenhouse. Uh, it's the place where uh, it's a controlled environment where you c- you can grow crops, vegetation, and uh, uh, other things, whether it's you know vegetables or fruits or flowering plants. You grow that in a controlled environment. So you can control in the greenhouse, whether it's made of plastic or glass, you can control the environment inside. You control the temperature, the humidity, and other things that, uh, so that you make it conducive for these plants to grow, which if they had to grow outside in the environment, they will not grow. They will not be possible to grow them because the environment could have extremes of uh, temperature and other weather conditions. So you have this whole concept of the greenhouse. And uh, especially in the Netherlands, uh, you know, they're, 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 Netherlands is the, probably the topmost country that uses or leverages the greenhouse extensively. And they produce so much that they actually export what they produce inside the greenhouse to other countries. So they've, they, they've learned how to leverage that. What I want to do is just borrow that concept and use that to talk about us as a local church, that we, in some ways, are God's greenhouse. Got it? Plain and simple. Summon over. <laughs> right. We are God's greenhouse. So tell your neighbor, you're in, you're in God's greenhouse. <laughs> okay? So in, what we want to do as a community, as believers, is to create an environment that is actually conducive, that is supportive for the growth and the development of people. So each one of us, to grow into our best, our highest potential in God, into everything that God has designed for us. So we want to create that environment because perhaps outside in the world, conditions can be very hostile, very suppressive, sometimes oppressive, uh, very restraining, sometimes very deviating where you know we face all kinds of things that could rob us of our destiny of our future just out in the world so it's good to be part of a local community where you can come in where you can be encouraged where you can be built up and where there's an environment that's conducive for all of us to reach our highest and best in God amen So we want to talk about that this morning. How do we go about creating such an environment? What are some of the things that we want to create here? Uh, The kind of environment that we want to create for us as a local church community. I want to begin uh, with this passage here in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. Uh, Paul is actually using the image of the human body as he talks about the local uh, church community. And uh, Ephesians 4, 15, 16, he says, But speaking the truth 
in love. So speak the truth, but do it in love. We may grow up in all things into him who is the head that is Christ. So that's our goal. We want all of us to grow to Christ-likeness. All of us to keep growing into that. Becoming more and more like Jesus. Verse 16. From whom, that is from Christ, the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So look at this. The whole body must be joined and knit together. So we want to create an environment where we are joined and knit together. Right? Not each one of us pulling in our own directions and just going off. No. Joined and knit together. We are in this together. We are growing together. So we must be joined and knit together. And it says where every joint supplies. Every joint is doing something. Is, is working towards this joining and knitting together. So if the joints pull apart, the body can't be joined and knit together. But every joint is working towards this. Let's all come together. Let's all hold tightly together. And then he continues saying, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. So every part, all of us must do our share, do our bit. Every part does its share. Now that's important. That in a local church, as a community, that we all do our part, do our share, contribute to the developing, the building of the body. And so it says when every part does its share, what will happen? It causes the growth of the body. So how will this body grow? I'm talking not only numerically, but also spiritually. How will the body grow when every part does its share? So what kind of an environment do we want to create? We want to create an environment where we are all knit together, coming together. We want to create an environment where uh, every part is given the opportunity to do what they can do. Where everyone is given that opportunity to do what they can do so that that will cause the growth of the body. Amen? So we've got to create that environment. So what is it going to take to do that? How are we going to cause that kind of an environment to be there consistently, be held together consistently uh, so that people can grow and reach their full potential? I'd like to use this passage from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, to highlight a few things that we need to do in order to create such a greenhouse environment. An environment where people are valued, where everyone is encouraged to participate, and everything is done in love, so that the body keeps growing. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8, I'm going to read that passage. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love... If any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, 
taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I want to highlight three verses from this passage. Paul is talking about how we should live together as believers, how we should walk, how we should conduct ourselves as believers. I just want to bring out this, what he says here in verses 3, 4, and 5. Look at verse 3. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, that is pride, but in lowliness of mind that each esteem others better than himself. So how are we going to create this environment? First, we should not do things out of selfish or pride, but each one of us should consider others better than our. So we all walk with this attitudes. We're going to create an environment that's going to build people up. So there is no selfish ambition. And I'm not here. You know, none of us, whatever we do, you know, different areas and things that we do in church or inside the church or outside the church, none of it, nothing is done for self-promotion, for selfish ambition, or it's not done, you know, to get some badges of honor or, you know, get some recognition. No, none of that. It's not done out of selfish ambition or pride. Are you with me? But he says, we all esteem others better than our. So even though we have been given certain gifts and skills and uh, abilities as we serve in whatever opportunity we've given, we do it with this attitude. God, I thank you for this opportunity. I know there could be others who are, you know, better than me. And, 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 but I just want to serve faithfully with what you've given me to the best that I can. Using the gift and ability to the best I can. But you do it with this attitude that you consider others better than yourself. And you're not in competition with anybody else. If we work like that, if we live like that, we're going to have a beautiful greenhouse. We're going to have an environment where everybody is encouraged. The second thing he talks about in verse 4, he says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Yes, we all have needs and we all have, uh, you know, things that we want to receive through the church. We want to be built up, strengthened spiritually and opportunities and all that. So that's fine. But you're not only looking out for your own interests, but also you're looking out for the interests of you know, in the good old days, there used to be a time when, you know, if a young man or a young person was sitting and an elderly person walked by, they would get up and they would let them sit on the chair. Or if there was a lady walking by and a young man was sitting, in those good old days, <laughs> the young man would get up and he would offer his chair to the lady. So you're looking not only looking out, not only for your own interests, but for the interests of others like you know maybe they can enjoy this seat better than me and it is out of respect and so on you know but think about that inside our church context in the local church context that you give away something that you have an opportunity whatever and you say well come you share in this you do this you create that opportunity because you're looking out not only for your own interests but for the interests of others amen so what do we do? We cre- if we walk with that mindset, with that attitude, we'll actually be creating opportunities for people to rise up, to flourish, to keep moving, keep growing. So you're looking out not only how you can grow, 
but you're looking out for opportunities or ways for other people also to grow. You all with me so far? And the fifth, in verse 5, he says, as believers, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Let this mind, let this attitude be in you, which Jesus had. And then he goes on to describe what that attitude was. What was it? He said, though he was God, and he was in the topmost spots, higher than the CEO, higher than the president, higher than anything else, though he was God, yet he humbled himself, became a man, and not only become a man, he became obedient to the point of death on the cross. That means from the topmost spot, he came all the way down to the lowest spot. And he says, let this mind or this attitude be in you. What do you think? Sounds good? Do you think we can have this attitude? Just imagine if all of us walked with this kind of an attitude. That, I'm not holding on to my position. I'm not holding on to my role. doesn't matter. No, that doesn't matter what my role, position or title is. But I humble myself and I walk. I humble myself to whatever point one. Humble myself for the sake of others. He became obedient to that for you, for me, for us. He says, let this mind be in you. Amen? And honestly, we walk with this mindset that, you know, whatever it takes, whatever I need to do to get things done, I'll do. Whatever it takes for the house of God, for the people of God, I'll do it. So, if you find the chairs not aligned, not arranged properly, some Sunday morning you come in, hey, I don't mind arranging chairs. I can do it. I don't mind carrying chairs. I can do it. It's not like, oh, I'm the pastor. I've got to find the volunteer to do it. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. I need to wash the toilets so that the next person can have a good experience. <laughs> I'll do it. doesn't matter. Whatever it takes to get the job done, you've got to be willing to do it. Not hold on to your role, your position, your title. No. Are you understanding? It's not like this out in the world. In the out in the world, you know, you know, there is certain class you're supposed to, or certain stature or status you've got to hold on to, and uh, and uh, and all of that happens outside. But here in the God's house, we walk with, you know, look, we walk with the mind of Christ. That though He was God, the highest spot, He lowered Himself. He was willing to do that for the benefit of people. And so Paul says, we got to walk with that. You walk with this mind. But then there's a wonderful promise. The Bible says that if we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. God will exalt us. Amen? So there's no need to fear humbling yourself and and serving, going down to the lowest spot and serving. Because you know that if you walk as Christ walked, you walk humbly and you're willing to do this. The hand of God, which nobody can stop, is going to lift you up by the collar and put you right on top. He is going to exalt you in due time. And nobody can stop the hand of God. Amen? So you're not afraid to humble yourself. You're not afraid to go down to the lowest spot and serve people. Because you know God's word. That if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, He will exalt you in due time. So when we walk with this kind of an attitude, where nothing is done out of selfish ambition, but we are uh, doing everything 
to build others up. That we are not looking out for our own interests, but also for the interests of others. We're esteeming others better than ourselves. And we're walking with this mind, the attitude of Christ, of humility. You know what? We're going to have an environment where everyone can thrive. Where everyone can be built up. Jesus put it like this in John 12 and verse 24. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Just a single grain. But if it dies, it brings forth much. So you have one grain, no chapati. But you put that grain in the ground, let it grow, multiply. Now you can have lots of chapatis. <laughs> it multiplies. So every time you die, every time you are willing to fall into the ground, and there's something that dies, you're setting yourself up. For a multiplication. Something is going to multiply. It's going to increase. It's going to come into your life. In the kingdom. The pathway to multiplication is death. Amen. So dying to yourself. I'm not talking about physically. I'm just talking about dying to yourself. Your own thing. So every time you let somebody. You you help somebody else. You you encourage somebody else. You you give somebody else a a, a lifting hand. And a, a supportive hand. And you die to yourself. You know God will bring increase. God will bring multiplication into your life. So when we talk about kingdom building and building God's kingdom, I want to share a few thoughts here. And I'm, uh, I'm just taking this out of our own publication called Kingdom Builders. And I want us to understand a few things. That kingdom building is about building people. When we talk about building the kingdom of God, uh, yes, we, have, we can, you know, you have buildings, we can have all these other things. All these are just tools but kingdom building is really about building people. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 10. He says, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. He says, we're all fellow workers with God. But what is God's field? He says, you. People. What is God's building? You. People. You are God's building. So when somebody says, I'm going to the mission field, we usually think about, you know, Maharashtra, UP here, there. Well, you know, that's geography. But really, mission field is God's people. People are the mission field. People are the building. So when you're talking about building God's kingdom, we're talking about actually building people. Paul says, you know, as a wise master builder, uh, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. So whether you're a foundation layer or you're a builder, Basically, we are all building people. So, in order to build God's kingdom, we've got to focus on building people, developing people. And in order to build people, there's one very important truth. We must have people in our hearts. So, if I look, and I, and I say this jokingly, when I'm talking to pastors, I say, you know, if I open up some preacher's hearts, what do you see inside? Airplanes, stadiums. Crowds, television, big house, cars. But you know, what did Paul say? He said in Second Corinthians 7 verse 3, I do not say this to condemn you, for I've said this before, that you are in our hearts. Both to die together and to live together. So what's in your heart? Do you have people in your? That's the heart of a kingdom builder. The heart of somebody who really serves God. He's got people in their heart. So if you would open your heart, what would we say? Hmm? Paul said, I have you in my heart. 
I have people in my heart. In another place, and when he writes to the Thessalonians, he says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Think about this. You know, Paul is basically what he's saying is, Hey guys, when I stand before Jesus, I'm going to brag about you. I mean, think about it. Paul could have said, ha, when I stand before Jesus, I'm going to let him know that I've went on three missionary journeys, maybe four. And I established about 50, I went to about 50 cities. I established about, you know, whatever number of churches, you know, maybe a hundred churches. And in fact, I wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And I could, he could go down the list of all those things. But he said, when I stand before the Lord, you are my crown of rejoicing. People, you. So we've got to have people in our hearts. Are you listening? So sometimes we have ministry in our hearts. We have television programs. We have whatever. You know, all kinds of other things. Paul said, I have people in my heart. When I stand before the Lord, I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'm going to brag about the people. You are my crown of rejoicing. You are my glory and my joy. So we've got to celebrate each other. We've got to understand that building God's kingdom is about building people. And then Paul give us, gives us this great insight that only when you have people in your heart can you write into their hearts. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3, to Paul says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you? Or letters of commendation from you? Look at verse 2. You are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. So what is Paul saying? He's saying, guys, I've got you written in my heart. And everywhere I go, people see, people read your names on my hearts. Isn't that what he's saying? Verse 2. You are an epistle. You're a letter. You are written in my heart. So that everywhere I go, people read that. They see that you're in my heart. And then he says in verse 3, he says, Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Some two important principles I want to bring out from this passage. One, Paul, he says, firstly, he says, you are written in my heart, so now God uses me to write into your hearts. So only when you allow God to put people in your heart, does he give you access to write into their hearts. You understand? So when, you, when, 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 when people are in your heart, then God says, okay, I'm going to give you access to write into their hearts. Meaning you're going to do something that's going to change their lives. And then he says in verse 3, you are an epistle ministered by us. Written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Meaning, when we want to write into people's hearts, we can't write by natural means. Not with ink, but by the Spirit of. So when we want to bring about change in the hearts of people, it's going to be by the empowering of the Spirit of God. So we build people by the Spirit. You with me so far? It's getting heavy? All right. So, why am I saying all this? So, in God's greenhouse, we must understand that we are here to build people. It's not about the nice, 
programs we have or not nice, you know, all the other things. All the other things are just tools, but our goal is to build people. But in order to build each other, we must have people in our hearts. We've got to really care for each other. Because when you care, when you have people in your heart, then God gives you access into their hearts. And we do this by the Spirit. It's not by natural means, but we write into each other's hearts by the help of the Holy Spirit. So, what I want us to see is this. That we must be a, a greenhouse where we have a culture of nurturing, discipling, and developing people. This is it. In this house, we want to nurture, we want to disciple, and we want to develop people, not to leave people the way they are. So can you imagine people come to church, they've been here five years, and they still remain as babies. Pastor is still five years later, still taking care of babies. I won't be good. I mean, in the natural, it's not normal. Even in the natural, parents expect the child to grow. So also in the house of God, we got to develop people and say, come on, you go up into your full potential. You rise up. There are talents, there are gifts, there are, there's a calling, there are, there's a mission that God has for you. Come on, grow into it. Don't be a baby forever and ever. Amen. Don't be a baby. Grow up. And so we want to create an environment where everybody is growing and developing, maturing. And as we do that, we must also learn to celebrate another's progress. So as you see somebody growing, they're stepping up, celebrate it. Cheer them on. Be happy. Wow. Maybe two years ago, you came and you were sitting in the last row. But today... Maybe you're heading up a certain area of ministry. Celebrate it. Don't feel jealous. Amen? So we create an environment where we celebrate each other's progress. Wow. You see that person? How they are growing? You see that person? You know, today they are doing wonderful things. Celebrate it. Don't pull them down. Don't discourage them. Don't dampen their zeal. Don't quench what, the, what God is doing in their spirit through their lives. By his spirit, but rather celebrate it. Wow, cheer them on. Encourage them. Now, don't flatter people. Be genuine. If they're doing wrong, you tell them you're wrong. But if they're doing good, encourage them. We've got to be genuine, but we've got to support. We've got to celebrate each other's progress. And as we do that, another aspect of the environment that we want to create is we want to create an environment where we are developing the supernatural. This is important for us as a house, as a church, because God's called us for that. And the Bible is so clear that, you know, this is what the church is supposed to be. That we've stepped out of the world and we've stepped into God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is a supernatural kingdom. We are part of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom comes with power. That kingdom comes with a display of God's power. And so we want to develop the supernatural. We want to develop every person, every believer into learning how to move in the spirit and in the things of God. Now, I understand that all of us are at different stages. You know, yesterday we had day one of the weekend school. The weekend school is going on uh, on the gifts of the spirit. And, and we had all kinds of questions. And uh, even as basic question as, is the Holy Spirit a person? You know, I was like, oh, man, okay. You know, <laughs> we've been doing this for so long. But still, the very basic question. It's okay. 
Let's answer that. Let's keep building up. Keep building up. And help people grow in the spirit. In the things of God. And, and bring everybody. Bring every person to a place. Where all of us move in the supernatural. Where all of us learn to flow in the things of the spirit. Now it's going to take time. Like I said. You know, people have some very basic questions. Who is the Holy Spirit? When did he come? <laughs> so we got to start from there. We got to, you know, help people journey from there. But we're going to do it. We want to develop every person in the supernatural. Because that's the kingdom of God. And, and God intends that his spirit work in and through every child of his. He wants that. So we're going to build people up. Develop the supernatural. But in that whole process, we also... Uh, know that uh, as we learn to flow in the gift of the Spirit, minister healing and deliverance and all of that, we know we will make mistakes. But we've got to be supportive when people make mistakes. In the Old Testament, somebody gave a wrong prophecy, you would stone them. You don't do that in the New Testament. right? We give room. It's okay to make mistakes as you're learning to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Because the giver of the gift, he is perfect. The gift is perfect, but the channel through which the gift is coming is not perfect. So it's possible that I can make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with the giver of the gift. There's nothing wrong with the gift, but the channel. I'm learning to tune in. I'm learning to flow with the Holy Spirit. We are all learning. So we give room for people to make mistakes. So that's why Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-21, he says, Do not despise prophecies. But he says, test all things. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things and hold fast to what is. So we won't reject. We're not going to reject the work of the spirit. We're not going to quench the work of the spirit. But every gift has to be tested. So we test them. And we hold on to what is good. We discard what is not good. But that's an environment that we create. Where it's okay to make mistakes. Because we're all learning. Are you with me? And that's how you develop people in the supernatural. Let people tune in to... Uh, the spirit. And the last thing I want to say is this. That as we create this greenhouse. That is supportive. That is developing people. That is celebrating people's progress. That is developing people in the, in the things of the spirit. In the supernatural. Eventually. This is going to be our greatest evangelism program. That means. Every believer. Each one of us. Wherever we go. As God uses us in the supernatural. We are going to impact lives in the city. Amen. My dream is that each one of us will so be tuned with God and so walk in the spirit that out there, out on the streets, out in your colleges, in your schools, in your workplaces, each one of us will be seeing God heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead, do miracles through each one of us. Tell a neighbor it's going to happen through you. Amen. And this is going to be our greatest evangelism program. This is the way we're going to impact the city. Are you with me? Because when we go out there and God begins to work like this through each of us. And we're able to impact lives and share the gospel. We're going to gather souls into the kingdom. But we need to create an environment where people can grow into this. Where people can. It's going to take time. But we're going to develop people. We're going to make mistakes. It's okay going to develop people. We come to a place where all of us as believers are impacting our world with the power of the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we are God's greenhouse. Together, 
let's create an environment where every person is developed into their full potential. Where every person is built up. Where we celebrate each other's progress. As God blesses and increases each person. Be happy. Celebrate it. And where we help each one of us grow in the supernatural. Understanding the ways of the spirit. The working of the spirit. And as that we will all go out and impact our city. Win souls. Make disciples. Amen. I want you to take a few minutes just to pray about things you've heard this morning. We heard that we must knit together. Let's not pull aside, pull apart, but let's knit together. We heard that every joint supplies towards this. That every part does its share. We heard that we do nothing out of selfish ambition or pride, but we esteem others better than ourselves. We heard that we look out not only for our own interests, but for the interests of others. Let us walk with this attitude, this mind, We just pray and say, God, in this place, help me. Use me to build people up, to nurture, disciple, develop people. Use me. Father, we pray you'll help us as a community to create a greenhouse, Lord. An environment that is conducive for people to grow and thrive and blossom into everything you have for them. Thank you, O God. Help each one of us to do our part. Thank you. upon our hearts we pray align our hearts align our interests God towards seeing your house built your people built people developed align our hearts to this we pray thank you God thank you Bless you, God. Thank you. Father, we just call forth the potential you've placed in people. Every person here has potential, has skills and giftings we call it forth Father pray that people will be willing to step out use it willing to see their potential come forth for the building up of your kingdom that none of us will hold back Lord that none of us will withhold what you put in us but there will be a willingness to give. 
to use the potential the talent the skill to build people to build your kingdom Lord I pray that even things that may have been hidden things that may have been yet undiscovered will begin to surface the potential god that lies hidden or undiscovered will begin to surface the lives of your people for your kingdom for your king holy spirit do this amongst us people who can write people who can create things people who can come up with new ideas and strategies let it all come out let it come forth let it all be used for your glory for your kingdom lord and give us this heart for each other to care for each other to love each other create in us that genuine concern genuine love for each other drop it in our hearts lord and the worship team up. rise to our feet or worship team will just lead us in a song and then we will close
will be ignited Father for the house of the Lord that our hearts will be ignited Father God to see people built up and people raised up in the things of God that our hearts will be ignited Father for our city and our nation to see the power of God displayed and lives touched and souls saved and people brought into the kingdom ignite our hearts every one of us here we just thank you Father thank you oh God thank you before we close this morning if there's anyone here perhaps this is your first time 
or maybe you've been coming to church for a while but you've never received Jesus into your life you've never asked the Lord to come into your heart to forgive you your sins and be your Lord be your Savior I want to just give you an invitation an opportunity to do that before we close so this morning if you're not sure that your sins are forgiven that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior but you'd like to do that then I want you to just pray a simple prayer I'm going to say a simple prayer and I want you to pray with me if you'd like to do that this morning and, and let the Lord Jesus come change your life forgive your sins make you his own just pray this with me if you'd like to do that if you've never done it before Lord Jesus come into my life forgive my sins make me a child of God and help me to follow you the rest of my life and I ask this in Jesus name Amen let's close please Father even as your word says that you make your ministers a flaming fire I pray that each one of us will become a flaming fire for Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday, a great week ahead, and see you again. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website, apcwo.org, for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.